Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let us pray and ask the Lord to teach us together. Father, we thank you so much for giving us the Bible, the Word of God, and Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who will teach us today, who will reveal the lights of heaven, and we can have understanding, and we can have grace to put everything we learn into practice every single minute of our life, Father. We believe those who obey you shall be blessed. We believe that when we walk in the way of kingdom of God, the way of heaven, we shall have victory, and we shall experience the grace of God in our life. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We are in the series called Rejoice Always, and this is a big teaching. I have taught so many lessons already from the camp, and I will continue until I finish the whole series. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many people want to be strong? Raise your hand up. How many people want to be sick? How many people want to look younger than age? Raise your hand up. How many people want to be strong when you turn 99 years old? Raise your hand up. Oh, I want to tell you, the key is to live in the joy of the Lord. The Bible says that the Murray heart is like a medicine. In the past, couple times we learn about what we should look at. The first time I say that, don't look at the negative things, but look at God, look at the positive thing, look at heaven, so that nothing can steal your joy. You can keep running the race with joy. Last time we learned from Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 6, I review a little bit here. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, Romans chapter 8, 5 to 6, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded or to focus on the flesh, on the sinful nature, on the things of the world, is death. It will kill you. will make you sad. will make you upset. will make you lack of sleep if you focus on the things of the flesh or on the Thing that you should not focus on, but to be spiritually minded, which means focus on, look at the Holy Spirit, listen to the Holy Spirit, what He wants you to do, to say, to move. If you focus on the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. I want life and peace. I don't want death. Therefore, I'm going to obey the Scripture. That is to be spiritually, spiritually mean the Holy Spirit, minded, that I will focus on what the Holy Spirit wants me to do, not on the surrounding thing around me. Then Apostle Paul talked about the things that you see that you should not focus on. We walk by faith. We have to focus on the thing we don't see. That is the spiritual life. Heaven, God, Holy Spirit, the promises of God, 
the rewards in heaven, all these things. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. For our light affliction, light affliction for Paul was being persecuted, shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, imprisoned, rejected, all the chaos. He said light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why we do not, listen carefully, why we do not look at the things which are seen, but are the things that are seen, bad people, bad situation, your symptom, your bills, all the disappointment, all the things that you can see, but at the things which are not seen. What are the things that you don't see? God, the Holy Spirit, the fulfillment of the promise of God in the future, heaven, rewards in heaven, your mansion in heaven, Jesus Christ, all these things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Is it important to our life what we are looking at? Will it make a big difference what we are looking at? I believe so. What we are looking at will affect our future, our today life. And our countenance, our health, life or death, if we look at the wrong thing, we're going to be depressed all the time. We're going to be worried and upset all the time. But when we look at the right thing, we look at God, look at Holy Spirit, look at the promises of God, look at heaven, we look at the things that we don't see, our countenance will be very shining and happy all the time. It will affect our health, our countenance, your customer will like you, your wife will be happy because my man, my husband, always smile and laugh, not like, like this all the time. Your husband will be happy because you look glorious and awesome. You look so beautiful because you smile, you're happy all the time. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13, talk about this. The Bible says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. When we look at the right thing, even though we are in the midst of problems right now, when we look at the right thing, God, Holy Spirit, the promise of God, heaven, we will begin to consider the problem that we face or the past problem in life to be light and to be momentary. When we look at God, look at the promises of God, we know that these are good. God is good. Heaven is good. The thing that God is going to do for us is good and eternal. When we keep our eyes on the good thing, God, the promise of God, an eternal thing that we don't see yet with our physical eyes, but our spirit, we look at that. What happened? We will be joyful. We will be happy campers. We will rejoice always, not get sad all the time. If we are sad all the time, it means that we refuse to walk by faith. It means that we walk by sight. It means that we are carnally minded people, that we focus on the things of the flesh, but we don't focus on the things of God. 
So many people are sick. So many people have to take trazodone, amitriptyline, nortriptyline, sleeping pill, because most people in the world are looking at the problems. All the problems, they keep looking at that and they get depressed. But when you look at the Holy Spirit, you look at the things of God, then you ignite the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and the Spirit of God will minister to you life and peace and joy. If you keep looking at the wrong thing, you will be depressed, and that depression will minister death to you, and you're going to get old sooner, get sick. And die soon, and you will not be happy. You will be sad all the time. The word "light" in the Greek language here it means lightweight or easy to bear, easy to carry. And Paul say the things that happen on earth right now around us is light compared to the glory in heaven, compared to the big God. Our God is big. And powerful, the problem that you face right now is a piece of cake. It's nothing to him. He just, it's God. It's light in the hand of God. We put that in His hand, and He say, "Wow, this is a piece of cake, and it's momentary. It's just a brief period. So don't worry. It will be a history one day. It will be gone from our life one day." Paul tried to teach us how he responded to the situation in his life. He teaches the way to live a victorious life, to have a joy of the Lord all the time. That is to walk by faith. Don't keep your eyes on the thing that you see, but keep your eyes on the thing that you don't see. And then he continued to talk in Second Corinthians to the people in Corinth at that generation about sorrow and joy. In Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse eight. For even if I make you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. You notice the present tense and the past tense here. I do not regret it, though I did regret it, and I will explain to you. For I perceive that the same epistle make you sorry, though only for a while. How many of you have faced this situation that you make some mistake in your life? You continue to do it. And then somebody, either your wife, your husband, your kids, your oldest daughter, come to you, or your pastor, and come to you. Hey, I think you are making a wrong decision. You're doing the wrong thing. You have a wrong attitude, wrong motive here. Could you please change? And usually the first reaction is, "What? Why are you warning me? I know better than you." And you begin to get upset and become sorrowful. And the person who warned you get depressed too because I loved you. I tried to warn you, but you get upset with me. But after a while, you repent and you change, and things get better. So the one who warned you now is the present tense. I don't sorrow anymore that I warned you. This happened to me all the time. Pastor Dar like to warn me. <laughs> When she first warned me, thank God for the wife. Wife is the good thing from God. Is that right? She warned me, and at the beginning, I was upset, and I tried to argue and try to give all the excuses. Or the old, or she said, oh, "Not you." Oh, this daughter warned me. Okay, now you give to Tanida. I tried to argue, I tried to give all the excuses, but after a while, 
I say yes. I think you are right. Then I rejoice, and they rejoice. So the first reaction of being warned usually not fun, not good. Be sorry. We feel bad. We cry. In the YLT version, say this way: Second Corinthians seven, eight, and nine. Because even if I make you sorry, which means write the letter to correct you and to warn you, I do not repent. Now I don't. I do not need to regret now. But even if I did repent, which means I was sorry about talking to you and make you upset with me, it's a past tense. The past letter, the past epistle, of First Corinthians. For I perceive that the letter, even if for an hour, did make you sorry, I now do rejoice. So Paul said that in the New King James Version, he said, "I sorrow for." A little while, and now in YLT say for an hour. So I want to emphasize to you what's going on here. But that ye will make sorry to reformation, for ye will make sorry toward God, that in nothing ye might receive damage from us. Paul talk about sorrow for a while, for an hour. Is it normal that we sometimes face a situation and we feel down for a while? We feel we sorrow for a while. We cry. We mourn for a while. We get correction and we cry and we feel bad and we don't want to see that person for a few days. And we feel bad about it for a while. But after a while, the people in Corinth repented. Paul became happy and rejoiced. The sorrow part of their life was very short. YLT say only an hour. For some of you, maybe a couple of days. Some of you maybe a couple of years, but I hope not. Maybe just one hour is enough. Okay, for a short period of time that you sorrow. That's why Paul say in Philippians chapter four verse four, rejoice in the Lord. Always, again, I will say, rejoice. No matter what happened to you, you may feel down for a few minutes. Rise up and say, "No, I'm not gonna stay in grief and in depression and sadness." Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul wrote this Philippians 4:4 while he was in prison. He told everybody while he was in jail, bad jail at that generation, rejoice always. We should rejoice that Jesus died for us. We should rejoice that He paid the price for us. We should rejoice that He is at the right hand of the Father. We should rejoice one day we're going to see Him face to face. We should rejoice we have a mansion in heaven. We should rejoice that we are running the race. We are in the plan of God. We are doing His will. We feel good about it. We should rejoice that we are in the perfect place that God called us to be in. Amen? Amen. Now, when we talk about joy and sorrow, there are two kinds of sorrow. Paul continued to say in verse nine, New King James Version. Now I rejoice, not that you will make sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance, for you will make sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us. Nothing, and verse ten continue to say, "For godly sorrow, everyone say godly sorrow, 
produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. There are two kinds of sorrow here in the Bible. Godly sorrow. When you make a mistake, you do what you should not have done, or you did not do what you should have done. You miss God. You sin against God. Sin are two things, okay? Sin, sin of doing bad things, and sin of not doing the right thing. Two kinds of sin. When we miss God like that, when we make mistake, and God may send our wife, our children, our husband, pastor, friend in the church, or the Bible, or the Holy Spirit to come and talk to us, the Holy Spirit convicts us, our conscience, our hearts start to bother us. We have two choices. One choice is to ignore and don't care and continue in sin. And that will lead to death and corruption. Because the Bible says those who sow in sin will reap corruption. But we respond. We care about God's feeling. We care that we offend God. And we say, I'm sorry, Lord. I have done wrong against you. I'm convicted. And please forgive me. And God forgave you. And God restored your righteousness again. You feel sorry at the beginning, godly sorrow, that you did something wrong. But after you repent and God forgive you, should you continue in sorrow? No. You should rejoice that God restored my righteousness, that now my prayer will get answered because the Bible says the prayer of the righteous will be powerful. I'm righteous now. I repent of my sin. God forgive me. The blood of Jesus cleanses me. I should rejoice. But unfortunately, many Christians, after they repent, they still stay in depression. They try to penalize themselves. They say that I make big mistake in my life. I need to get penalized. The blood of Jesus Christ is not enough for me. I need to stay sad. I need to hit myself, beat myself up. Even though Jesus already got beaten for us, but we're going to beat myself. And then that depression go into the sorrow of the world, not godly sorrow. And that sorrow of the world that you maintain in your heart will cause death to you, will make you sick, high blood pressure, your immune system will go down, then you become sick, and you open the door for the devil to come in to attack you because you are weak spiritually, physically, and emotionally. By the sorrow of the world, but when we turn around and say "Thank you, Lord," now I'm going to smile. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord. That joy of the Lord will give us life and strength. No more griefs. No more depression. No more mourning. I accept the forgiveness of God by faith. I'm going to obey God. I will walk in righteousness with God again. I notice that sometimes some Christians are very religious. Some Christians are very religious. They like to pray a lot, and they get into their bedroom and lock the door and pray. <sighs> they pray and they cry. 
And they think that they are very, very, very religious. But I tell you, that prayer will not get answered. Because the prayer of faith will be full of joy. The prayer of depression is a prayer of doubt. When you have joy, you pray. You, ha, 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 hallelujah, God answer me. Hallelujah. And you smile, you pray, and you jump up and down, you dance. Hallelujah, God going to give me the job. God going to heal me. You don't pray religiously and cry, and sometimes you go to a certain congregation and everyone just sit there and <gasps> look so depressed, and they think that they are so religious. But actually, that's not biblical. We should be happy people. We should laugh. We should have a joy because we have faith. We are people of faith, and faith will bring joy to our life. Sometimes people say, I cannot help. This is the way I am. I've been depressed for many years. Depression is a part of my life now. It's the way of my life. I cannot rejoice. That is a lie of the enemy. You can rejoice if you are a believer. If you have faith in God, it's a lie to say as a believer, I cannot rejoice. You know why? Because to be a depressed and sad Christian is a contradiction to the terminology of the word Christian. Christians are those who follow Christ, who walk like Christ, who are little Christ. And you know what Christ is? What Jesus, who Jesus is, let me read to you. This is the scripture talk about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. You have loved righteousness, you mean Jesus, and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, mean the heavenly Father, has anointed you, capital Y, Jesus, with the oil of gladness more than your companions. If I could have gone back to 2,000 years ago and walked with Jesus, I believe I would see Jesus different from some movie. Some movie, Jesus looks so stoic, so serious. I believe Jesus walk around. He is fun to be around with. He smile. He laughs. And that's why a lot of children were drawn to him. A lot of children like to come to him and let him pray for. Children... Don't like to be around grouchy person, grumpy person, because children love to have fun. But children love to come around Jesus because he was a fun man. He was rejoicing. He's so full of the oil of gladness. His gladness, his joy, even more than his disciple, more than his friend in that generation. He's always smile and happy. I believe you, you approach Jesus now and talk to him. You're going to see his smile. He will not look religious. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> no. He is relaxed. He's fun to be around. He is enjoyable. Amen. Amen. So if you call yourself Christians and you are sad, I think you need to really pray and ask God for forgiveness. You should be full of the oil of gladness like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? God is good. God is full of light. God is full of joy. Our God doesn't have darkness, zero. Our God has no depression. 
our God has no heaviness. He is very glorious, very joyful, and very bright. He is a good God. So if you're full of God, you will be bright, good, joyful, and everywhere you go, gonna bring life to there because you're so full of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't let the cloud of depression come into your life at all. That enemy tried to bring to our mind the wrong thinking, so that we will get depressed. Everyone say out loud. Don't mourn. Don't cry. Don't be sad. Don't be sorry. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord can give you the joy. Second Corinthians 4.17, I read one more time. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Everyone say for a moment. Everyone say light. Is working for us, us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If we are spiritually minded, if we look at the right thing, believe me, everything in this life will look light, not heavy. And it looks like it's a moment. Why the Bible say that? I, I want to really change your thinking. Change your thinking. The problem that happened to you in the past, the problem that is around you right now, compared to our God, the one who is in you bigger than the one who is in the world, the God inside you, is very light, very easy for God to handle. Two, most of the time they are momentary, they're temporary, because God is a God that gives supernatural breakthrough. He can get rid of that easily. He can turn things around when you have faith, when you walk by faith. So it will be over one day. It will be a history one day. Don't keep looking at it. Any problem come in? Light. Momentary. Period. Because our God is going to take care of that for us. He take care of us. When we face problem, we do the best to handle and then cast our care on his hand and say, God, you take care of this and I'm going to continue to my joy. And I will not let this situation steal my joy. And not only that, why say light and momentary? Because compared to life in heaven, heaven is much bigger, much better. If you keep this morning, I woke up and I tried to get ready to come to church. And suddenly God spoke to me. You know, the house you live in right now, one day will be gone. You will be gone till you will go to heaven. You will die. You'll get old and die one day. Son, the things in this world are temporary. Keep your eyes on heaven. Keep running the race. You will have reward in heaven one day. You will stand before me. God, remind me all the time. Don't keep my heart my focus on the things on earth, but keep my heart in heaven. Because everything on earth is momentary. It's brief. It's light compared to the glory which is heavier that we're going to get in heaven. I continue a little bit more. Genesis chapter 19, 15 to 17. Are you okay? 
Okay. Genesis 19:15 to 17. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, "Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you are you be consumed in the punishment of the city." And while he lingered, he was still thinking, "What to do?" Yesterday we have a, a workshop about how to handle the massive gun shooter. And we're going to have a drill in the church sometime next year. That During the lunch service, we're going to have the drill that we all practice how to handle if somebody comes in with a gun and shoot everybody. Do you like to have that drill? I think we should know how to do. Okay. So we learned yesterday that when we have that situation happen, we have to do three things. Three choices. Number one, run. Number two, number two, hide. Number three, fight. Run, the first one. Run, the best. Hide, if you cannot run, you hide. Three, you fight. Okay, so in this situation, Lot and his family have no choice. Run. So the angels say, don't have to think too much. Go right now, run right now. But this is a human thinking. The human thinking is Uda. The first O is observation. Second O is oriented, orientation. You observe and you orient, you think what to do. D, what is that? Decision. A, action. All this process may take a few minutes or a few seconds. If you don't take action fast, you can die. Especially in that situation that massive gun shooter. You don't have time to think. You have to do something right away. Is that right? So in this too, if he didn't do anything, I think at that point, Lot was doing the Uda loop. He was thinking, what I should do next? <laughs> but, <laughs> but the angel, look at this. The angel, he lingered. He did, he did the Uda loop. The man took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him. God is a God of mercy. And they brought him whoop, out of, and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, this is the word from the Lord, escape for your life. Do not look behind, do not look back, who is the shooter? Who is shooting? Don't look back. Keep running. Do not look behind. You nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Okay. Verses 24 to 26. I'm going to come to the conclusion here. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, and all the inhabitants of the cities. And what grew on the ground, everything gone, wiped out. But, but, his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. God supernaturally sent angels to save Lot and his family. God is so merciful. He kept his promise with Abraham. Abraham and God has a covenant 
that God would take care of his family. So God sent the angel, and the angels noticed that Lot was kind of still pondering and do the Uda loop. <laughs> so angel know a few more minutes he's going to die. Drag him out right away. Get out of the city right away. Boom, 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 boom. Those cities would be destroyed, gone, and they will become a history. And that time of brimstone will be short, quick, and done deal. And Lot and his family, his wife and his children can move on with life to go to the next chapter of life. They can. But the key is this. The Lord told them, don't look back. What should have been a temporary or momentary thing for their life turned to be a lifelong thing to his wife. Why? That should be a history, but it ended up that she got frozen in there. She was immobilized. She got stuck. She could not go on with her family. She died. Because she looked at the wrong thing. She turned around and looked at the destruction. What should be a moment turned to be a lifelong experience. And this is what happened to many people. Millions of people, including churchgoers, are doing like Lot's wife doing. Everyone say, don't look back. Should we obey God? Should we give excuse to look back? No. Second Corinthians ten four to five. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me make a conclusion. We are living in the world. And in this world, there are many voices. And we are in the spiritual warfare all the time. That's why one of my goals is to train my members to be a soldier. I don't want my members to be just a weak pew warmer. Because I know you are in spiritual warfare. You need to be soldier. Everyone make your hand like this. Huh. Everyone say, I am a soldier. That's why I don't teach something light in this shirt. I teach very meaty things because I want you to know how to fight. In this world, it's spiritual warfare. And the main battlefield is not only your physical body, that the devil can attack your body with sickness, but the battlefield is in here. And the Bible calls stronghold. The things that happen in the world, your carnality will try to keep looking at it. Your sinful nature is your enemy. It's a spiritual warfare. The devil and demon will try every way to tell you, look at that, look at that, look at the problem. So you can be depressed and weak and sick and die. And the world system, the TV program, I don't like to watch TV because of all the bad news. And sometimes your friend at work come in, oh, you know, talk about bad news. 
And you focus on this, and this is this is the stronghold. And you keep thinking and talking about that. You keep looking into it, and what happened? You will lose the battle. That's why you need to get rid of this stronghold, and you keep looking at the Word. Look at God. Look at the promise of God. Believe me, you will not die if you don't watch that bad news in the TV for two days. Will not harm you anything if you don't watch it. Is that right? Rather watch teaching movie in the YouTube and feed yourself. What happened in First Corinthians fourteen ten? In King James Version, say there are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significant. What does it mean? Many voices, TV voice, your friend voice, the devil voice, demon voice, your own flesh voice. Be careful. And the Lord want to teach us the lesson today. I cannot make a conclusion now. The Lord teaches the lesson. Don't look back. Don't look back to your past mistakes, to your past failures, to your past setbacks, your past disappointments, your past experience of being abused, your past wrong decision, wrong thinking, your past bad informations, sickness, problems. Destruction. Don't look back. Look forward to the thing that God has for you. If you keep looking back, you're gonna change the temporary thing, a light thing into heavy thing, and lifelong thing. You're gonna be stuck in the past. You're gonna be stuck in the prisons of the past, and you will be depressed, and you will be weak, and you cannot have victory. And that is a scheme of the enemy that tried to kill you and destroy you. Is to keep you looking back to your own past. God has a path of life for us, and if we keep looking forward, what happened in Proverbs chapter four, verse eighteen? But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter. Everyone say brighter. Unto the perfect day. Let us stop looking at the past. Keep looking at what God has for us in the future. And our path as a just and a righteous people is bright. And as we walk with God, today, after being a Christian for thirty-seven to thirty-eight years, I see the fulfillment of this scripture. I walk with God. And my path is brighter and brighter and brighter. My family life is happier now. Financially, we are stronger now. Health-wise, we are healthy. We have more ministry to do. We save so many souls. We travel to bless people in Switzerland, Germany, in different cities. It's bright. It's good. It's fun. Keep going. Keep going. We are not going to look at the past problem with this church. Past. Situation that people abuse us or try to give us a hard time. I'm not going to look back anymore. Amen? Amen. The Lord prepare a place for us. Let me say one last thing. 
to you. If you are looking back to the symptom you have yesterday, you're not going to be healed. If you're looking back to the bill that you received from the mailbox yesterday, all the time, you will not get provision from God. If you keep looking at the problem yesterday and last year, you will not get a miracle from God. If you keep looking at your past mistake, you will not receive God's forgiveness and God's given righteousness because you are carnally minded. You keep looking to the things of the world. If you want divine healing, if you want God's provision, forgiveness, victory, miracles, breakthrough, you keep looking at God, looking at the promise of God, looking to the Holy Spirit, looking at Jesus at the right hand and say, Jesus, thank you so much. At the cross, at the whipping post, you took everything from me. Good thing come from you. I receive it by faith in the name of Yeshua Hamakshia. Keep looking at God and don't look back to the problem yesterday. Amen? I think I should stop. Actually, I still have a long way to go. This is a good lesson. I'll continue next Sunday. In conclusion today, make a choice. Everyone say, make a choice. Can we make a choice? Is your mind yours? Your mind is not mine. Your mind is yours. Can you make a choice? Okay. Your mind make a choice to look at God. Look at the Holy Spirit. Look at the promise of God. Look at heaven. Look at your mansion in heaven. Look at your rewards and the crowd of glory in heaven. Look at the future path that God has for you by faith. Walk by faith. Don't look at the things you see and don't look back like Lot's wife. Everyone say, I will not look back. I will look to the future. And then you can stay in joy and you can have victory. Everyone do that just one more time. I'm a soldier. The soldier. Look for the future victory. <laughs> Hallelujah. New Hope International Church members must be very good martial arts soldier. Nothing can knock you down. You're strong. Amen. You are more than conquerors. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you so much for teaching us this universal principle in the Bible. How we walk by faith. How we can receive life, peace, and joy, and victory from you, Lord. Lord, we are the people of faith. Anoint us with the oil of gladness that we shall be more joyful than any co-workers any friend in the school, any relative that we know of in this planet Earth. Everywhere we go, we look at you and we are joyful people. We have good countenance. We will look younger than age. We will be healthy. We smile. We have faith. We trust you. We believe nothing is impossible with you. We believe, Father, that who, the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. 
We believe your promises shall be fulfilled. We believe you shall do good things in our life. The work that you do in us shall, Lord, produce fruitfulness, produce life and blessing in other people's life, Lord. We thank you, Father. Help us, Lord, to be joyful people. To be people of faith, spiritually minded, and not look back anymore. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, or you are not sure that you are born again, I like to encourage you to give your life to Jesus and become a born again believer. You may have. Grown up in a church, you have gone to Sunday school, but you never really have Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It's about relationship. It's not about religion or going to church. It's about your relationship with God. I like to encourage you. If you're not sure that you're born again, why don't you pray with me right now? Follow what I say to God to make sure. That you are born again, Father in heaven. I want to be born again. I want to be a child of the living God. I was created by you, Lord. I did not come from monkey. Monkey is not my daddy. You are my daddy. I was created in your image. Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. I repent of my sin, and I ask you for forgiveness. I believe and declare that Jesus Christ, your Son, took my sin away, took my death, my sickness. My infirmities, my curses that have been with me, He took them away at the cross and at the whipping post. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Give me life. Give me righteousness. Give me good health. Prosperity, strength, righteousness. Give me joy. Give me victory. Lord Jesus, I declare before all these people, Lord, that you are my God and my Savior. From today on. I will walk by faith with you. In Jesus' name, I'm born again now. My name is recorded in the book of life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Turn to the person next to you and say, "Don't look back." <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.